A little bit of wisdom goes a long way. That's a, kind of our theme thesis, I guess you could say, for this series as we're studying wisdom and what, what difference it can make in our life when we live with God's wisdom. Now, we have a simple working definition of wisdom that we're using each week. And as soon as I scroll up all the way, I'll read it to you. Here we go. Here's a simple definition of the word wisdom. Skilled living. Living skillfully. Living well. Now, this definition contrasts two things that we often think of. This definition contrasts wisdom with knowledge, okay? Knowledge is obviously information, and that's all it is, just information. But wisdom is taking that knowledge and information and applying it to my life in a life-giving way. It's living well with the knowledge that I have. Now, knowledge is a great thing, but without wisdom, it comes up short. For instance, knowledge constructed the Titanic, right? Well, wisdom would have steered it away from that iceberg. (laughs) How about knowledge builds a house, but wisdom builds a home inside that house? Well, our theme scripture for this entire series really nails down the importance of wisdom. It's Proverbs 4, 7. Wisdom is supreme. Supreme. We don't use that word a lot, maybe pizza, but the number one most important thing, wisdom is supreme. So get wisdom. So that's our heart during this series. If wisdom is supreme and it's the most important thing when it comes to my practical everyday life, I want to get it. And so we're talking about how we can get wisdom. All right. Today's focus is going to be about wisdom. And we're looking in Proverbs 19.23. Here we go. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Last week, we kicked off talking about the fear of the Lord and that deep honor, deep down in your heart, that respect you have for God. Let's keep reading. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. Content, untouched by trouble. Let me, I'm going to go backwards through this verse to, so we get a grasp of what we're talking about. Untouched by trouble, think um, not targeted or not punished by evil. You know, think of it that way. When we, think, when we say untouched, it's not targeted. It, it, what we're, it's not a perfect life. Any, everybody in here already knows that no matter what you do and no matter how you live your life, it's not going to be perfect. You will face evil in your lifetime. You will face trouble in your life. That's a fact. It's just, it's going to happen. But when we put God, when we have the fear of the Lord in our life and that deep honor for God, that, that, that evil won't focus on us. We, we're not punished or targeted by it. We, we get to live life with a lot less self-made disasters and tragedy when we put God in that place of honor in our lives. We have a lot less of our, our own hand being a part of actually bringing evil into our life. Now, let's back up a little further in that verse. What is being content or what is contentment? Think of it this way. I'm, I'm settled in my life. I'm, you know what? I'm going to be okay. It's, it's like settled deep down, another deep down inside. It's like I'm, I'm attached to that. I'm not going to be rocked and moved by everything because I'm, I'm settled. I have a deep-rooted knowing that no matter what, with God, I'm going to win. We've, I know we've said this over the years several times, but God never loses. He wins at everything. If you played golf with God, his score would be 18 because he'd make a hole in one every time. 
See, God's, God doesn't lose, so I want to be going with him. And if I'm settled and I'm content, I know I can't lose. Things happen and it rains and, you know, people fall apart and things fall apart, but God is going to get me where I need to go. A content life is a life that's full. It's a fulfilled existence. We're full of life, undefeated, unharmed, unshaken by trouble. Have you ever come across somebody who, no matter what was happening in life, they were content? They, they seem to always be less stressed out than everybody else. Maybe they're less worried than you are. Maybe they are less freaked out when life really hits the fan. Or how about this? They care for and really value what they have instead of looking for something they don't have or the next thing, and a new job, career, uh, wife, whatever. They're, they're content with what they have. Say they're having a bad day, and I mean, everything's going wrong, and you're like, well, if anybody deserves to be grumpy and upset about the day they're having, it, it's this guy. But they somehow find a way to still be content, to not get all bent out of shape, and they actually end up having a good day because of that. They just seem happy and content where they are in life. It doesn't mean they don't work hard and they're not, you know, wanting stuff, but where they are today, this moment, they're happy and they're content. Now, these people can help us because if we get a little bit jealous of them, we'll start asking some questions. And our questions could be something like this. How are they so content? How do they do that? How do they get to that place of being so content? Then you might think, well, I want that too. I want to quit freaking out every time something goes wrong. I want to have less stress. I, I want to have that level, steady, consistent contented life that they do. But then you may end up with this last question. What is stopping me? What is keeping me back from having a contented life? The good news is the answer to this question is in the Bible. We find it in Proverbs 1430. So that the answer to what stops me from being content like that? Here we go. A heart at peace lives life Sorry, let me back that up. It wasn't making sense in my brain as I read it. <laughs> like, that just, that's wrong, Chad. That's wrong. Let's start over. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy or comparison rots the bones. So a heart at peace gives life to the body. Like, I, I feel like I'm energized. I got life. It's, you know, I wake up, I'm ready to go. You know, my life is bright, that type of stuff. But envy, that's the answer to what stops you. Envy or comparison rots the bones. A lot of times, we think of this peace, that contentment is the absence of problems and trouble. Like, you know, you know the, the dogs aren't barking. My kids are okay. I'm not fighting with this. We don't have war on, on our borders. And you could go on whatever the list is, but I, I'm free of trouble. And we think that's what peace must be. That's incorrect. False. That's not right. The... <laughs> The peace, what peace really is, is the presence of God, the presence of Jesus in your life, no matter what the problems are. As we said at the beginning, you're going to face problems, you're going to face troubles, you're going to have the dog barking, and you know things are going to fall through, and interest rates are going to go up, and gas is going to go up, and oil is going to go down, and just all that stuff's going to happen, right? But if you have God at number one, peace resides with you. So... Peace really is the presence of Jesus. 
Uh, you're content with a deep knowing that God has things under control. Now, the problem is we live in a culture of comparison. We, we live in it. Uh, we see it every single day. It's in our lives. We live in a world where the, the bones and the framework of people's lives are rotting out, and they don't even realize it. They don't get it. It's like going to the doctor as you get older, and they're like, hey, you, like half of your bone mass is gone, and you, you, need, you need some calcium. And you, I didn't even know. I didn't know that was happening. I would have taken care of it had I known. Well, we're going to give you a little bit of wisdom today, and we're talking about figuring, let's, let's get this peace. Let's, let's get this contentment. Let's, we're going to know. Here we go. The opportunity for comparison is at your fingertips 24-7, that envy. It's there. Uh, think of it maybe this way. If, you, if you're a Facebook, if you're on Facebook and you, you, know, you have Facebook friends, and, and let, let me start by saying a long time ago, I quit telling people happy birthday on Facebook. And I'm going to tell you why. Because how many friends do you have and how long do you spend, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. You don't even mean it. You're just saying it because it's their birthday. And you may not have seen them for the last 54 years, but you're going to tell them happy birthday. And you spend so much time. I don't have time. I don't have time. So if you didn't get happy birthday from me, I'm not sorry um, because I didn't have time for that on Facebook. If I came to your birthday party, I would tell you happy birthday, Dave. So the fault is on you because you didn't invite me. So that, I didn't say that in the first service. I don't know where that came from. But here's what I have done. I have uh, had birthdays of my own, and people on Facebook tell me happy birthday, and I still don't feel guilty that I don't reciprocate that. But I'm like, huh, I got, you know, I don't know, I, I got 78, you know, happy birthdays on Facebook. That's pretty good. I got, I, people like me, you know? And then I see my friend on Facebook, they got like 649 uh, happy birthdays, and then I'm like, well, I guess I'm not as well liked. It's a comparison thing. What about uh, you see posts on some sort of social media where, man, that person, they're doing this, and this person, I really don't care what they're eating, but that looks good. And they've gone there, and they got this, and they did that, and look at all those people that they're commenting with, and they're talking, and they're having these, and wow, they have all that, and I'm, I don't really have any of that. I've got like three people that commented on my thing in the last six months, and I got two likes, and it was just because I took a picture of a puppy. I mean, it's, we start, to, we can compare things in our lives so easily today. Here, here's one more. Somebody else gets a, a new car. I mean, it's got the forward camera, the backup camera. It's got the navigation. It's got the cameras on top that look down, cameras from underneath that look up. It's got x-ray vision to see the insides of cars as you drive by other people. It's got everything you could ever think of, automatic start, heated seats, cooled seats. You know, you know what I'm talking about. And you see somebody with one of those, and you think, man, that must be nice. All I've got is a hoopty. His truck really is a hoopty. I really do. I have a hoopty. I really do. I'm talking about me here. So comparison can suck us in to a bad place. It can suck us into a place where there's some potential results that can be really harmful. Here's the first one. A comparison leads to a very harmful perspective, a harmful perspective. We're talking about how you view life, okay? What is your perspective on life and on your life? And so somebody who is getting into an unhealthy 
perspective because they're comparing themselves and others too much, they might be thinking something like this. Well, I don't have what they have, and so my life is worse. I don't have what they have. My life is worse. Do you see the perspective is wrong? It's focusing on they, what they have. It's like Chad said earlier, it's envy, it's jealousy. Now, I have a question for you. Chad's mentioned social media, so I want to ask a question about it. Does looking at a lot of social media help you be content? Does it just make you all peaceful to, to look at social media and what all these other people are doing? Well, they've done studies about this. And studies have shown that if a person spends just 10 minutes a day consistently on social media, the rest of their day, they will be less satisfied, less happy, more stressed, and have more anxiety from just 10 minutes of social media. Why? Because that comparison thing is so, so strong. Now, here's an idea, and this could be a huge challenge for some of you, but uh, here's the challenge. Give up your social media for a week to say turning it off for a week. And in doing that, it'll help you see if you are challenged with comparison. You're thinking, well, what's going on? I, I don't know. That'll help you see something about yourself. But you'll also see this probably after a few days. You'll probably recognize that you're having less stress and your day is more peaceful because you aren't comparing to other people. The second and next thing is comparison leads to a very harmful, very harmful presumptions. If I just had what I don't have, then I would be happy. That's a presumption that comparison leads us to. We think, well, they're happy, so if I had that, I'd be happy. Well, if I just got one more thing, I just I took this one more step. I, I got this uh, one more person or this one more. It, you know, I'm one click away from getting that, and if I had just clicked you know, submit or go or, or, you know, buy or purchase now, whatever. If I click it, then I'll get what I need and I'll be happy. I'll get to see what I want to see and I'll be happy. Well, most of the time when we were thinking along those lines, it's a, it's a harmful perspective because the truth is you get what you want. If you go down that road, you get what you thought you wanted and you end up less happy and less fulfilled because you were, you, you were putting all of your hope into a thing or all of your hope into having this person to make you fulfilled. And there's, there's a problem with that. Things and people don't really have what it takes to make you whole. I mean, we need people. We need relationships. I understand that. So those of you that are thinking, uh-uh, well, shh, listen. Um, we're talking about I need to rely on something else first, I need to have something at the top priority of my life. My, my experience has been that getting more stuff, um, having a new job, a change, of, a change of scenery and things, those can be good things. Sometimes we need those things in our life. But getting things I don't have is not the source of happy. It's not the source of that fulfillment. The source is getting God's perspective on what I do have, getting him into my life, his peace into my life, and letting him show me what I've got. Um, I can actually bring frustration and comparison into my life by focusing on all the stuff that somebody else has. I can just invite this envy in, into my life. Uh, I would even call it, I can invite this lust, like, man, I wish I had that, and I don't have it. I can invite all that into my life by comparing myself. Or 
I can bring joy into my life by focusing on the things that God has already given me and all the good things I have because of him. So we've talked about comparison in light of what people have. Now we want to look at it in the perspective of what people do, okay? So one last thing that comparison leads to is FOMO. And I'll admit I'm not cool at all. I had no idea what that meant till recently. But you, many of you, if not all of you, probably know, don't say anything, that FOMO means fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. You're going along having a great day, enjoying life, but then you hear somebody's had a party and they're just having a great time and you didn't get invited. And you got this, uh, you start to feel left out when before you heard what they were doing, you were great, right? Well, I, uh, I have a recent experience that can kind of relate to this a little bit. Last Sunday morning, while you guys are in here and the humidity's right out the door, but at least you're in AC for a little while, I'm in the North Cascade Mountains of Washington State, and I'm tromping across the snow wearing shorts and a T-shirt because it was warming up, but the snow was still there. I mean, wow, how about that? Well, that was great. I had a good time with my son, and they have a new house, and we had a great weekend there. But you know what else I'm aware of? I'm aware of that I have friends who've taken a cruise through the Panama Canal or trip to the Mediterranean. Or how about this one? I have some friends who went to Mount Denali National Park in Alaska, took the train down, then took the cruise ship down the coast of Alaska to Seattle, and then flew home. Now, I have a choice. I can go, well, all I got was Seattle and Mount Baker and some snow, you know, as if that's not awesome. I could go there, or I could just say, I'm glad they got what they got. I really loved what I got to experience. That's a fear of missing out. It can be perpetuated if we keep comparing ourselves to the lives of other people. Now, here's the cure, cure for FOMO, the cure for fear of missing out. Focus on the gains of what you actually are doing or what you actually have. Focus on Seattle, not Alaska and Panama. Focus on those gains. And then we used this phrase recently in a series. It just really is stuck in my heart and mind as a way of thinking. Leverage the good. There's good in your life. Are you making the most of it? Are you leveraging the good? Okay. So we're... we're we're talking about envy and being content and leveraging the good and putting in God to first place. How do we gain wisdom? How do we uh, get past all this comparison and, and be content? We're going to start talking about practical ways of putting this to action. And it has to do with something we've already said and will probably say every single week, and that's putting God first. That's bringing Him in the first place in your life. Let's look at Philippians chapter 4. Starting in, in verse 11, I'm going to skip that first half of that first sentence you got. You're going to see, and we're going to pick it up about halfway through there. I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. Whatever's going on, I've learned to be content. I know what it is to be in need, so I know what it is to lack. And I know what it is to have plenty, have everything, everything I want. I've learned the secret of being content. Well, let, let us have it. And in every, being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, living in plenty or in want, here we go, I can do all this. I can, I can be content through him who gives me strength. The secret to being content is having God at that first place. God is the one that gives it to me. God is the one that's given me the good I have. He's the one that's got everything figured out. 
Um, with God at number, the number one priority, the number one place in my life, it makes him responsible to be sure that we have what we need, and it takes it off of our shoulders. Me being fulfilled is no longer my responsibility. It's God's responsibility. And as I said to begin with, God never loses. Like, he's going to get it right every single time. So now I can, I don't have to try to make everything happen. I don't have to try to make everything work. I put God first, follow what he says, and it's going to work out. Now I can be content. I can have that settled like God's got this figured out. Um, that, that pressure of envy and comparison begins to leave. I'm glad you got this stuff. I'm glad you got that fancy car. I'm glad you went to Alaska. I'm glad. That is great. We had some, a friend tell us yesterday, Diane and I, that, hey, we're leaving Monday. Where are you going? We're going to Australia for like a month and a half. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Comparison would have said, well, man, I, I want to go to Australia. I've been wanting to go there since I watched the Crocodile Hunter, but now he gets to go. You know, no, it's like God has us taken care of. So putting God first is where, where all this comes. And we can take some practical steps to do that. The first one is this. Realize what we have. Make a list of the good stuff you got. Like, well, no, that's stupid. I'm not going to do that. Well, then we can't help you. Make a list of the good stuff you got. And I bet you, if you really ask God and talk to him and say, God, what good do we have? I bet you that list is longer than you think it'll be. I bet you you have more good than you thought you did. But you have, a lot of us have to start writing it down or typing it in to really get our, a visual on it. Once you've made that list, add this scripture to it. This is in the message version, 2 Peter chapter 1. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us. That means God gave us and has given us something that nobody else can. It could only come from God. God's the only one that does miracles. Miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one, that's Jesus, who invited us to God. The best invitation we ever received. That, like, oh my goodness, is amazing. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Peter's like, here we go. Here's a great promise that you have. Here's a ticket to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on a world corrupted by lust. And we, just as we mentioned earlier, lust, envy. I wish I had that. Man, if I just had that, ooh, I wish I had what they have. That, that's what we're talking about here. And when I turn my back on that and begin to put God in that spot first place, I have everything I need. God's already given me everything I need. Miraculously. Put it in my life. That helps me be content. Again, God never loses. Now, I may not have everything I want or everything I think I want, because sometimes I think I want something I really didn't want it once I got it. But I do have everything I need to follow God, and that lets me breathe easy in life. Okay, our second step to lead a life, excuse me, to live a life of contentment is this. Make God our source. Decide to trust him first. Make God our source. And here, here's what we're trying to say with this. Say you're, you've got a problem and men, you start dealing with it and grabbing it and trying to do this and this. And after a while, you realize this isn't working. Maybe I should pray. And then you stop and pray and wait, and God begins to show you the right way to go about it. Well, fortunately, you got on the right track, but we're saying start on the right track. Put 
God first, entrusting him with your life. Learn to react to life with, whoa, Lord, look what's happened, instead of, look what's happened, and you grab it yourself. Here's a verse from the book of Romans that really encourages us. For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. So we see that Jesus was the greatest treasure God had. And in all the universe, God took his greatest treasure, and look what he did. And since God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. So God takes his greatest treasure, and he sends Jesus to die for you and for me and for our sins. And so at the end of this verse, we see that, so if God's going to do that much, if he's going to send you Jesus... He's not going to withhold anything else you might need, right? I mean, that, that's as big as it gets. We, we sang a song this morning that really nailed this. I'm going to quote the lyrics to you. It said, you are bigger than all my fears. So God is bigger than all our fears. And then the next part of the verse said, God of love. That's perfect lyrics because we see in the scripture that love casts out fear. Love pushes fear out. Love expels fear. And so if I look to God as my source, when I have fears, he can push those out. And I can have peace with him. And then the next part of the verse said, you're bigger than my dreams. We have things in our heart that are bigger than us. And we're like, well, that's in my heart, but I can't see it. But then we say, God of hope. We can have hope in a dream that seems impossible because he's our God of hope if we look to him as our source and trust him first. Then we say, God of hope, God of peace. I can have peace about this future dream I have if I'm putting God first, if I'm trusting him with my life. So, while you're waiting on God to come through on that dream or that fearful problem, whatever, while you're waiting on God to come through, hold on to this promise. He's already given you Jesus. He's not going to withhold anything else. The third thing is this. Live life on mission. Here's another practical thing you can do to begin to get rid of envy and get hold of contentment. Live life on mission. Commit to God's cause. Um, here in Philippians chapter 3, the, Paul, he's referring to living out the life Jesus made possible when he wrote this. Brothers and sisters, as I said, I know I have not arrived, so I, I ain't perfect. I don't have everything figured out, but there's one thing that I'm doing. I've got this one thing figured out well. I'm leaving my old life behind. I don't need that anymore. And I'm putting everything on the line for this mission of living with God first. Um, we, th- this there's the, the second, I don't know. I don't remember what song it was we sang this morning. I think it was the second one. Um, we sang this, and there's a, real, a part in there, and I, there's a place for me. With God, there's a place for me. There's a place for you in everything God has for you. Um, what is your mission? What is your place? And you may be thinking, I don't know. That, that's what you're supposed to tell me. That's why I'm here. Well, um, we have a suggestion for you. For everybody in here, actually, whether you think you know what your mission and goal is or maybe you're trying to decide or figure it out, join the crew. Join the crew here at Ignite Church and begin to put yourself into action. On the website, on the app, under join the community, there's Ignite Crew. Go there. There's a list of some things. Pick one of those and say, I want to start doing this. And you may find out that you love it. And that way you can keep doing it, and you may be amazing and awesome at it, but you'll, you'll be on a mission. Now, you might also find out that I really hate this. 
I do not want to ever help park a car or serve a coffee or watch a kid. Or No. But at least you'll be moving forward and you're going to be fine. You, you say, okay, well, that one's out, but let me find the next one. You're going to be moving forward. Start by serving and let God enhance your life. Let him direct your steps. Um, this is going to help with contentment. This will help with you knowing that God's got you uh, in his arms. He's got you figured out, and he's got you going the right way when you begin to give of yourself to bless other people that walk through these doors. We, just, we invite you to do that. There's a place for you here to put yourself uh, into action. Now, today's wisdom. Contentment frees me from comparison, and it fills me with life. Frees me from comparison that rots my bones, and instead it fills me with life. You might be thinking, well, I'd like to live with the wisdom of God in my life, but I realize today I'm not really connected to God. I don't really have a relationship with him, but I want to. I want to connect with God. I want to live wisely and see his blessing in my life. Well, all you got to do is just say, okay, God, I'm ready. I'm in. And you can pray just a simple prayer from your heart to God and connect with him. So I want us to do that right now. Let's bow, and I'm going to pray like I'm you and put this in your own words. God, I want you number one in my life. God, I, I want to go all in with you. Please forgive me where I've gone wrong, where I've messed up. And Lord, save me from continuing down the wrong, wrong path. Help me to live wisely as you bring me into your family today. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if that's you today, you're connecting to God for the first time. You're saying, yes, I'm ready. I want to go all in. Well, we want to help you. And so when the seat backs in front of you, you'll see a green card that says, I've decided. And if you'd fill that out and drop it in one of the boxes by the back doors where you'll see a card there like that green one, then we'll follow up with you so we can encourage you in the new and exciting, wonderful life you're going to have with God going forward. All right. We're about to pray and be dismissed. Let me remind you of a couple things. We'll have prayer teams up here. They love to pray with you about anything at all. And then remember to give today. Use the app. Go online. Use the boxes back there. And finally, VBS registration, either for your child or for you to volunteer, or both out the doors and just to the right. All right, y'all stand. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you today that you are bigger than all my fears because you're a God of love. You're bigger than my dreams that I can't quite grasp onto because they're so big, but you're a God of hope, and you're a God who gives me peace. Now, we just rejoice in that today and say, how cool is that, that our God can do this? So, Lord, I pray this week we would be a people who, instead of comparing ourselves to anything anybody else has or does or whatever, Lord, we'd be a people who grow in contentment and the awesome peace that comes from the contentment that you can give us. Bless these folks, I ask, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week.